Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Ms. Brooke Deneau. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Vincent. We, we, Brooke, can you tell everybody what you're going to be doing when we're done recording today? Oh, we're, we're going to jump right into this. I'm yeah, ju- oh, I'm, we have to. This I is guess awesome. So. Yeah, right after recording today, I'm heading to the trapeze for the first time of the season. So I will be very sore tomorrow morning, um, but oh, yeah. it's so worth it. I love it. So I'm so excited. It's it, we we just in case you forgot, it is now Saturday morning, ten o'clock, yeah. and um. We are recording a little bit early this week because we had to um, we had to account for a time difference. But um, I think we should just jump right into the guest because I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I mean, our banter is fun, and um, I like talking to you and everything. But I really want to talk to these guys. <laughs> like, it's fine, Vincent. You can I, you can introduce them. <laughs> I think I honestly think I I've only been nervous doing this show a few times in three years, and I'm legit nervous this time because I've been watching these guys for so long. Um, you know, at one point, at one point they were making things like desktop refrigerators and soda dispensers, and now they're making epic miniatures and crazy cool stuff. But and I've talked about having them on and I'm very, very excited to introduce the one and only Martina and Hanzi from Nerdforge. Shkera Bagetta. Hey, 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 hey. That's a good one. That's yeah. much better than Jassa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Very good. Very good. Thank you. And Happy thanks Saturday. for coming <laughs> in our time zone. Yes. <laughs> so for, for the people, and I don't know who that listens to this show wouldn't actually already know who you guys are already are um why don't you give us a little bit about um who you are and what you do and the kind of stuff you make and just so people have an idea of what your background is yeah right sure yeah do you want to we're all, sure. it's always weird when we're two yeah this is why we this is why we love having couples on by the way because this is exactly what happens you get to see how good a couple they really are you, talk? Talk? We have, no, you can talk we have one microphone so yes we're risking the, the traditional head bump <laughs> yeah. lean in yeah the head bump I'm, the last the last couple we had on one someone started whapping at the mic like a cat so you guys you, you guys are doing great okay thank you thank you um, but yeah we uh we're a couple who make videos on youtube where we yeah we film cool things we make basically and we make anything like everything from book binding to dioramas to props cosplay i i don't think there's any limits to what we're willing to explore <laughs> when it comes to crafts yeah what i love what i love that you guys have done have done over the years is you do say you'll do anything, mm. but you're not just randomly doing projects. You manage to integrate things into the projects you want to make. Like you'll make a, a miniature, but then you'll have like an Arduino controlling the lighting or something. And, you know, it's not just a matter of, oh, no, we're just going to do something Arduino based this week. No, we're going to make a miniature this week because that's what we do really, really well. Or we're going to do some kind of cosplay thing or, a, you know, some kind of piece of art. But it's going to incorporate all the other stuff that we already work with. I think we're very lucky there because Hansi uh, knows electronics and programming, and I mm-hmm. I know very little of that, uh, at least for programming. So we can kind of combine <laughs> our powers, so to cool. speak. 
Um, one of the cool one of the coolest things that you guys do for for your patrons is that one of the one of the tiers is like Hansi will give you coding help with a project and it's like <laughs> wow that is like that's some hardcore stuff <laughs> and it hasn't been I don't think too many have taken advantage no, of it no actually not it's been a few questions but they're always way too you know too deep into someone's hmm. project so it's hard to give feedback but I'm always willing to try to help yeah. people at least <laughs> What are your what are your individual backgrounds? Because I feel like we know a lot about what you do and what you make, and we've obviously seen how insanely talented you are with the stuff you've made. But what where do you where is your background? We I I feel like we don't know enough about the people behind the projects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we are. Um, <laughs> what to say? Our backgrounds. Well, yeah. Um, let's, let's start with you, Hansi. So, what do you? Yeah. What was your? What was your? What is your uh, training? What is your um, area of expertise? Well, you know, how did you come to the makerspace, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Yeah. So that's uh, actually quite random. I haven't really been too much of a maker, like growing up. Uh, we had a workshop at my father's house, and I've always been kind of there fixing things around the house, but not kind of making things. Mm. But I don't think before high school or early university, I kind of got the idea of, I want to try to make something with LEDs. Mm -hmm. And um, I was at a mo uh, studying computer science at the time. So I thought I would use that computer science things to con control the LEDs, basically, because I was playing a game at the time and I wanted like the magic spells in the game <laughs> flash up behind my computer as I, I actually played the game. Okay. So, so I bound the keys on my keyboard that was bound to a spell and I created different LED animations. So when I cast like the spell, my like my That's cool. lit up the same way that the spell uh, was in the game. And that was my first project really. So, <laughs> so I completed my degree in computer science and I met Martina and then um, I had been watching a lot of making channels on YouTube mm. and kind of slowly started to build on that interest together, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, I, I had never made, like, th not making things before. I, I've always loved to draw and paint, but that's, like, mm -hmm. that's been my thing. Uh, but never physical objects. So uh, we met in university, and I was studying uh, history and English. So, <laughs> like, I'm actually educated to be a teacher, which is not what I do now. <laughs> so, uh, Directly, yeah, anyway. It's very, yeah. Yeah, like, kind of indirectly in a way. Right. I, I was gonna say actually, in a field. Yeah, I, I teach and do YouTube content too, and it strangely overlaps a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of the same yeah. skills. Um, so yeah, no, you go. I didn't mean to cut you off. If you had something oh, no, else no. to say, we don't have to tell our audience to be silent while we're talking. Yeah. Stuff, so that's, <laughs> that's pretty. That's beneficial. So my question was going to be, what prompted you guys to make your first video and mm. click post? Oof. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, you were going to make uh, this gift, I remember. Yeah, I specifically remember there was like back in the day, six, seven years ago, mm. when there wasn't like that big of a maker scene. You had Jimmy, DeResta, and I like to make stuff. They were kind of the prominent ones. And um, we watched a few, and I, I saw someone made a, an infinity mirror, and I thought, okay, this is a great gift. So mm. I wanted to make uh, one for for my grandmother. And since I'd been watching so much like making channels, we thought, why don't we just film that process? Mm. So so we did that in 
we didn't really have a workspace back then. It was just no, not a, really. It was the same basement, but it, it wasn't like a. It wasn't a workshop. Yeah. it was a bench. Mm -hmm. We hadn't made it into a workshop yeah. yet. Yeah. Uh, so we filmed that process, and we thought that was great fun. So mm. we kind of continued doing that. Yeah, it was just a hobby, making videos in the beginning. Mm. Um, and so I, I was just like looking at you making that video. I was like, okay, that, that looks kind of fun. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I can make one. <laughs> uh, and so we just, it, it just snowballed from there. Like, what can we make next? You know, what can we film? You started off the channel. Um, you know, everybody knows you as Nerdforge. I feel like you really hit your your main popularity as Nerdforge, where everybody started to know who you guys were. But you started off as the natural nerd. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I always thought that was an odd name. Where did that name come from? Like, what's that from? I don't That's think there was a great story behind that no. name. I think we were just like we were going to sleep, and like before we went to bed, we were like, okay, we're we're gonna create the channel tomorrow. We're gonna need a name. <laughs> We know we're going to base it around probably around Game Boy stuff because yeah. that was what we wanted to do eventually, like customize Game Boys and mm -hmm. only make videos of that. Uh, so we thought, okay, nerd is funny, but we need something more. And okay, if you're a natural nerd, like you're the born nerd. Yeah. So, so that was what we went for. But we kind of grew out of that because it was, wasn't was really something we had spent any time thinking about. No, it wasn't thought through yeah. very well and it, it didn't it doesn't really roll off the tongue very nicely yes uh and i think it was when we, we asked our audience to like name our workshop because that's when we finally like assigned that room the basement room to be our workshop we were like okay we want to call it something and uh, one of our subscribers said oh you should call it the nerd forge and we were like oh my god it's such a better name mm. like, <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I remember when you changed the name. I'm like, oh wow, that's like it's it's a big deal when you when you have a decent yeah. following. And you guys had a pretty decent following to begin with, and then yeah. you change it to Nerdforge. It was but around a hundred thousand subscribers, I think. So it, yeah, it which felt is like a very big deal. Yeah, yeah, and you guys changed the name of the channel, and I don't take this the wrong way, but it's it's the way it felt as someone who was already subscribed. You changed the name of the channel, but then the projects just got like. Mm whoa like they went from like this is kind of cool and a little bit like techie nerdy like to this is just artistic as hell like everything like the level of everything that you guys were doing just jumped dramatically and was that you guys just indulging more of your passion rather than just stuff to put on a channel or like what happened there i think everybody needs some time to find out who they like really are mm -hmm. you need to duplicate a few projects or impersonate or you know yeah. try to figure out what you really want to do mm. so our first projects are just i think just a a symptom of us experimenting on yeah. different things. Um, and I don't think we really wanted to make LED lamps forever. Like no. we <laughs> it's, a, it's a how many lamps you can have in your house. <laughs> and so, so when we kind of first combined the fantasy realm with something more like modern as a desktop fountain we mm. thought okay desktop sounds modern but fountain we can kind of make a diorama thing yeah. you know mm -hmm. that sounds a lot more fun so and i think you really enjoy that process because it oh, involved yeah. real water and it was a challenge in a different way mm. and then it was like hmm, this was fun what more can we do like that yeah basically. yeah 
and I think we found ourselves more in in the fantasy world or at least in the more artistic side. Yeah, I think so. It was just fun to combine like the aesthetic stuff with um, electronics or something different that mm-hmm. is not just paint and uh, and a thing, but try to uh, combine some different materials and stuff. I think that's what differentiates your channel from a lot of other, you know, making channels where a lot of other making channels, it's like the function is there and sometimes the form follows it. But you guys really are heavy into aesthetics. Like I just watched the video with the um, with the city build that you guys just did and the post-apocalyptic city. And, you know, at multiple stages, I was like, wow, that's awesome. And oh, wow, that's more awesome. Oh, wow, that's even more awesome. Like, it just keeps getting better and better as you keep adding to it. And it's almost like you just kind of know, like, yeah, where you think it's going to stop, they're going to take it like five levels further than that. <laughs> that's a always... blessing and a curse, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you feel like because because of the amount of detail and the crazy amount of aesthetic quality that you put into your projects, do you feel like you're competing against yourself with every video? Because a lot of makers that do stuff like you do always say like my next build, they always feel like they have mm-hmm. to amp it up for the next one. Do you feel that or do you just feel like we're going to go with where the art takes us and see what happens? Yeah. Yes. I mean, for sure. I think yeah. I feel that. Yeah. But uh, I think also we found like a hack to avoid that. And that's you just do something completely different the next yeah. time. So you can't compare. <laughs> you can't compare the two. Basically, yeah. if you're if you're doing a big diorama in one video and then and you do like a painting in the next, you can't say the painting was a smaller project, even though mm. it maybe took less time. <laughs> you can't compare them, and yeah. then you kind of you you pr- press the reset button a little bit, and then you can mm. think of something else the next time. So, so yes, but also I think you don't have to kind of put yourself in that position all the time yeah for sure i i was sitting there i was sitting there one morning watching youtube and 10 hundred comes on and you know he says he's going to do this big art collab Mm. and i'm like this is the coolest thing ever and i start jumping person to person and i'm like i'm following i'm starting because i wanted to keep track of this thing so as soon as they would announce the next one i'd start following them And the morning they announced that, Martina, that you were doing the next one, I literally jumped on Instagram like, oh, my God, you guys, 10 hundred. Holy crap. I did, Hansi, I think that was you that I was chatting to that morning. And you go, oh, you, found out before, you found out pretty much before anyone else. And I was like, yeah, I'm so excited because just seeing you guys, you know. It's it's interesting because, I, you know, we all know you as makers and the ma- a maker channel. But then, you know, the he's really one of the biggest, if not the biggest art channel on YouTube to, uh, you know, you end up working on a collab that involves him. And it's like, how did, how did, what was that like? How did you get, how'd you find out you're going to be a part of it? Um, all I'm, I, I so want to know like the dirt on this because I was, it was so cool to see you work on something that collabed mm. with so many people that I already liked. Yeah. that It was super fun. Like that was the first time I had ever worked on a painting with anyone else before. Like it, it, it was intimidating as heck. Like, yeah, I was super scared the whole time that I was, just like because i'm super clumsy that i would just mm-hmm. mock over a, a, a jar of paint and then ruin the whole thing and try to like wipe it off desperately or something um so it, it was scary but it was also super fun um and it was it was smo who who asked mm-hmm. us uh, because it was every single artist would uh decide who would get it next uh so he just kind of um asked us like hey would you be interested in in 
uh, doing the next part. And I was like, oh my God, yes. First thought is, are you insane? No, I'm not touching that thing. No. <laughs> but I was like, I'm, uh, if I've been asked, then of course I will. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. So uh, yeah, no, it, it was really fun. That it project. was really challenging to try to like incorporate a style that would fit with the other yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, use the same color palette and all that. It was, mm-hmm. but it was very fun. I wasn't allowed to watch any of the videos in that series until my ex-wife was able to watch them with me. Oh, oh really? I was not allowed. She was like, she's like, she's like, no, 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 no. Those we watch together. Okay, okay. Got it. And, and what's really funny is that a lot of the a lot of the artists that worked on that I hadn't heard of before, mm. and I ended up finding a whole bunch of new artists that way. And I'm like, wow, this is exactly what he wanted to do with this yeah. project was to turn people on to artists that they may not know about. You know, um, Alpe Ife is a, is one of the, is a perfect example. Like, I never would have followed that channel, right? Mm. Never. It's just not a hundred percent my thing. But then I watched him do all the stuff on, and I'm like, wow, okay, he's a really good painter. And then he mm. did the piece of tape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding me? And from that moment on, I was like, yep, I'm in. I'm gonna start watching yeah. this guy now too. And it's it was so it was so nerve wracking, like knowing who the next artist was, but not seeing like, could you just do the? I want to see the painting. Like your stuff's yeah. cool, but I want to see the painting next. It's, so, but yeah, it was. It's such a fun project. It's cool to see how many people ended up participating. It was really cool that it crowned with Jazza and then Bobby Duke making mm. the frame, which yeah, is that like, was yeah. absolutely insane. That was yeah, the frame is ridiculous. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, those crystals look amazing, and it mm-hmm. fits the motif so well as well. Yeah. Is there is was there any point was there any point where you I I know like for me when I look at a project like that right I would probably have procrastinated for way too long because I you know you said you were scared you know you were clumsy or whatever I don't nobody actually knows that by the way <laughs> everything looks very intentional when you do it but um is it was there a point where you're like I'm not touching that I'm not touching that I'm not touching that fine I have to get started on this like I have to just suck it up and work on this yeah. thing now like. How did that go down for you? Well, I think during that period, if you can answer yeah, yeah, this, yeah. because it was we had a lot of lot of lot of stuff to do. Yeah, we had a mm-hmm. few projects going on, and we were mm. in that like process of growing our channel. And yeah. I don't think we kind of settle into a schedule, or mm. I don't know. And we we had to go on a one week fishing trip, so there was just a lot of things going on mm. pressure basically because we had the following from all the previous channels coming to our channel and they were like okay when is the when is the painting <laughs> coming the, out coming? you know when's coming? When's coming? <laughs> comments all the time you know and um i think smo also got a bit of a mm. like a backlash when we took so long to post yeah. because we spent like it's been only like one week or two weeks between the previous guys and then i think we didn't post for almost one month and yeah. a little about, bit yeah it was about a month yeah. about a yeah. month yeah so and after that i mean we were far from the slowest ones <laughs> but, uh, but but up until that point you know we had we, we, had, we had been the slowest one and we weren't really used to getting a lot of like hate comments mm. because there mm-hmm. were and a lot of bad feedback from that yeah. so i think that kind of overshadowed the um the stage fright uh, or I don't know what to call it, like yeah. the, the fright of actually starting that project because mm-hmm. 
there had been so much like stress involved in actually mm. getting started <laughs> that when we won, when we came home from our vacation, it was just like, get that out. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a hot potato. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want it. Yeah. What yeah. is your... What is your process? Um, I think oftentimes for people who consume YouTube content, uh, it's easy to overlook how much effort it takes mm. to film and edit something, period. And then yeah. also to film and edit something well, um, in addition to doing incredible artwork. What is your process for like the filming and editing side of what you guys do? Right. That's a great uh, question, yeah. actually, because it's a very kind of deliberate um way we have like planned yeah. or scheduled uh, our projects mm. to make it like watchable for people yeah mm-hmm. so because once we decided to do more fantasy stuff i think the first castle was the first kind of just non-utilitarian yeah. fantasy project <laughs> that we did and then we basically had to take the standpoint that we are making now basically entertainment not how to videos anymore yeah. it's not it's mm. not a voiceover it's not um it's something not a step by step no thing. it's not something some people will go how to make a castle that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like for a diy fridge you can imagine that but maybe not for a castle yeah. or so so then we kind of fell into this I don't know, YouTube category where we have to kind of build a narrative for our videos. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our video making starts on just thinking about the project. If it's a way to build a fun and interesting narrative around Mm -hmm. it, something that drives the video. Yeah. So it's not just explaining. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think that that's especially something you don't think will take time or don't think about when you just consume the content. Uh, is that we actually try to plan out some sort of narrative beforehand so it will be interesting to watch start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it takes a lot of time, like more than you'd think. Yeah, and it's not always that successful either, oh, no. but yeah. it's really hard. How yeah. often does the story change? Like how often does the narrative change as you get started and you're thinking, okay, this just doesn't fit into the mold that I thought it was going to? Uh, quite often, quite actually. Often. Yeah. And then we have to do redo intros or yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that. And sometimes we feel like we're just going down a road. We have been walking so many times at this point, so it's going to be boring. We have to do something new. Mm. Like there was a period in, I think, last year or no, 2020, when everything was the first, making my first armor, doing this for the first time. And that gets boring. (laughs) Yeah, There's only so many times you can do it the first time. So (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't sound as good when you go making my second armor. (laughs) Ever. I was going to say, two years in and I'm still a beginner, guys. (laughs) Um, We also have an editor. So once we have filmed uh, our footage for the day, I film usually and uh, I, I mean, I put on the time lapse and then I just go play some games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. We, we, I film uh, yeah. and I help a bit behind the scenes. Mm. And then when we are done for the day, we upload our footage and we have a Norwegian editor mm. so who is studying you know, visual effects. He's yeah. a really good guy who takes our footage and basically edits it for uh, the, the other day or uh, a few days down the road so mm. we can see the intermediate result and kind of get a feel for what what's missing or yeah. where we're going. So we're really like evaluating all along while making the video if it's like okay this doesn't really make sense with the part that came before so we have to film something more or we can drop this and you know try to figure it out as we go. 
it's not, definitely been a learning process. It's oh, yeah. so many things that you know, <laughs> there's just, yeah, I don't know. I still feel like our pipeline and our project management and everything could be better. Yeah. It's only us. So, um, yeah, it's always, you know, it's always hard, especially yeah. now that we got a puppy. It's like he messed up everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's your puppy's name? It's, his name is Nori. Yeah. Like the like, like the seaweed. Boy. Exactly oh. like yeah. Simit, or <laughs> okay. like, the, like the dwarf in the Hobbit. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things that one of the things that's very obvious about your video. No, I we were talking about the aesthetics of the space that you shoot in, but there's something that you guys do better than literally any other YouTube channel that I follow and that I've ever followed. Um, and I'm going to just call it what my ex-wife calls it. Martina music. Um, <laughs> the music style that you guys use in your videos, everything is just epic. Like there's just, there's a, you guys, it's like you're doing um, like Lord of the Rings or some other kind of fantasy. You, you, your, your videos aren't just, there isn't just a music bed. There's almost like a score to them. Mm. And it's your sound design. I don't, I don't know how much of that you're involved in or if that's just your editor, but your sound design is by far the best of any YouTube channel that I watch. And the music selection, you guys create a whole feel with all that. Who handles all that and how much are they getting paid and why aren't they getting paid more? <laughs> Uh, thank you very much <laughs> we have we have playlists upon playlists upon yeah. playlists on epidemic sound mm. and cool. like different moods and categories and mm -hmm. and we do a lot of it but yeah. Lasse our editor he also is involved a lot and mm. he basically scores it the the first time mm. and then we go in and we're like okay but we want we were looking for this mood here or yeah. that mood there so so we always have this on the last day before upload we go through and just edit the video like mm. the way we want it perfectly and we add the music and, and yeah. stuff or change it basically if we disagree yeah it's so incredible because like i'll hear you guys use a song like and you know sometimes you know you hear you guys use a thing a couple of times and then it sticks in my head like i'm used to seeing martina on camera while that song is playing <laughs> and somebody else <laughs> will use it on another channel because they got it from epidemic yeah. also and it's like Whoa, wait, no, 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 this is wrong. This is wrong. I don't like this. I don't Dude, like this. That is, that is such a relatable yes. thing because when you watch Norwegian television, they oh. also use epidemic sound. I so we're like, oh, wow. So, so we're like, we're watching, like, I don't know if you've heard about the show called Taskmaster. It's in the UK as well, but yeah. it's, it's a big thing in Norway. And they use the same background tracks as we do for tension building and stuff. And we're like, hmm, this, this sounds familiar. familiar. <laughs> <laughs> this is our song. Come on. The yeah. prior theme song for this podcast um, was used in a lot of YouTube mm -hmm. videos, which that's why we, that's one of the reasons I you wanted got, to change you it. You got to change it. Oh, I had to change it. It's such, it's such a turnoff because like I edit our YouTube content and if there's a song that I've edited to, I cannot listen to it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like the sound of your alarm clock or something. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, I love you. I appreciate you, but like not now. Yeah. Um, so I'm, and the other thing is you, if you unintentionally use a track that another creator uses a lot, you're done. Yeah. you get so many comments about that. And that could be good, but yeah, for the yeah. algorithm, but still it's kind of like, <laughs> you're like, Oh no. <laughs> it's, it's really funny how I think, I think that that's something that, you know, your visuals obviously are great, but I think it's something that people underestimate is how important the audio is, you know, mm. the moods that you create. Well, you know, everybody can do a time-lapse, right? Most people, in fact, most people that do make a related content do mostly time-lapses. 
Um, but you guys create this mood with the music and you know what I, what I also like about your editor now that we know we're giving your editor some credit here because you know, they never, you know, the behind the scenes guys never get the credit, but Mm. I love the way they, that they ramp up and down the speed at the right times. Like it just Mm. feels like the timing is right. It times well with the music, the flow of your videos, like they're as long as they need to be. And that's another thing that you guys are not afraid to do. You're not afraid to drop a 30 minute video or a 12 minute video. It just depends on what the project is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you that's feel, true. did you feel any pressure about t- length? Like, do you ever go like, oh no, this needs to be a 30 minute video. Hmm, 30 minutes. Can mm. we do a 30 minute video? Like, do you ever have yeah. that conflict? It's more like if, um, I, I think I'm the ruthless time yeah. guy here. <laughs> I see a project and, I, and I'm like, okay, Martina, this is a, this is a 15 minute project. Yeah. And the, but the footage is 27 minutes. So at chop, the moment, chop. so we have to cut 40 minutes. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, uh, and that happens a lot. Like you have to cut down a lot, but that's why yeah. we kind of offer the extended version to our patrons, where we just render and export our patrons before doing that in yeah. that large cut down. Yeah, because there is some detail that is lost in the process. Like mostly, it's just speeding up time lapses even more. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's also some things that are too detaily that most people that watch for entertainment would not be interested in. <laughs> yeah, and if that takes two minutes, that's it, interesting. You lose a I lot of. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't considered. That's actually really interesting. So you guys, you're actively conforming your videos into your channel's identity. So mm. like, I like the idea of something being a little bit too, a little bit too detailed for the content that you're trying to produce. Because honestly, one of the things I like about your videos, I feel like you're showing everything. Mm. And now it's like, wow, you're actually cutting stuff out. And I'm still feeling <laughs> like you're showing everything. It's pretty awesome. But we are kind of showing everything. But there are... Mm-hmm there are things or details that are kind of might be very technical or boring Mm -hmm. to to hear about so you kind of hint to them in the video it's like you know you show one one connection of soldering an led it's like i don't need i got 60 leds in this project they get the idea now exactly (laughs) Exactly. like how do you wire the resistors for an led if you have a a six volt battery and you need the three volts basically we just do that but maybe we filmed that and Mm. we talked about it and Mm -hmm. well that goes up for the extended yeah and if people are wondering how to do that they can Oh, there's a million resources on YouTube. So, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I like that YouTube has actually gotten to that point where you can you can you know if you're making content and you you don't need to teach people the basics. It's like there's there, if you really want to be helpful, you can say, hey, there's I'm going to put a link in the doobly doo that you can follow to get to this. We're not going to sit here and explain this to you. Yeah. There's better people that have done this. We're here to make something cool. If you want to do the instructional stuff, there are better people to do that. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's kind of cool that it's become like the the learning library of the internet. You know, yeah. it's like Wikipedia, YouTube, and Google. Mm. If you have those three things, just pretty much you could build a nuclear bomb if you really wanted to. <laughs> Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be enough backyard. I'm just saying. <laughs> just do that yellow demonetization. Yeah, I was just gonna say <laughs> We're going to have to bleep that. (laughs) This is the best part of being listener supported. We don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Um, I was going to ask you guys, uh, I I would say that the the landscape for content creation, I think, has completely done a 180 since, say, winter of 2020 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, How has that affected you guys or has it not affected you guys in feeling the need to pander to an algorithm or cater your content to 
this crazy shifting landscape? Or have you taken a different approach and just said, you know, we're just going to tunnel vision on what we want? Mm. Like, what's been the way of attacking that? Right. Uh, that's a great question. Yeah. And it's a very observant one. I think yeah. we had the this discussion just a few weeks back, actually. Yeah. We talked about how the YouTube algorithm has changed. Mm. And before, when we began, I think you... How to phrase this? I think we began at maybe if you're a, if you're good at making videos, which we weren't, so mm. it's good for us. But if you're good at making videos, we began at a bad point in the YouTube yeah. algorithm time, because we started in 2016 and it was just the moment when your subscriber base mattered a lot. Like if you mm -hmm. had a lot of subscribers, you would get a lot of views, mm. and it was really hard to gain a following. Whereas now, I think it's still really hard to to gain a subscriber base if you your videos are bad, like mm. ours were. I don't think we would ever be discovered if we started today. No. But if you're a really good content creator from the get-go, I think the YouTube algorithm is really good at picking that up. And mm. you can basically get from zero to 100K in just a video or two if, yeah. if they are really good videos um, today. So that definitely puts the pressure on people um, like old schoolers who are used to just being able to do whatever they want and get mm. views because now they actually have to pander to the algorithm and think about interesting things that makes their videos recommended because they didn't have to think about that before because yeah. you just rely on the sub, sub feed basically. Yeah. So, I mean, we take that into account every time we make a project because like we, before we even start a project, we have to think about, okay, can we make an interesting thumbnail and an interesting title? Because if people don't want to click on whatever the title is, then, well, no one's going to watch it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's kind of just become a natural part of of the way we work, mm. uh, to work with a title and thumbnail before the project. Yep, absolutely. Before it was just, uh, we could write a title like, how to make a DIY lamp, you know, or something mm. like that. And and that would get views. People would look that up mm. and watch that. And that was great. But I don't think we could do the same today. And no. and that's because partly the algorithm. And of course, there, it's saturated. Like there's so many videos out there yes. uh, on that specific topic at, at the moment. Like LEDs are, are old school at this point. Yeah. And when we started, <laughs> yeah. it was uh, new and flashy, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, no you, go for you, it. I was going to say, I also think... Um, I think that like TikTok has also played a really big part in the level of polish that people expect or require of YouTube content, because I feel like consumer, like, uh, sorry, people that are consuming content's attention span has just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk, and shrunk to where like, from my perspective, because I make content as well, like I will look and think if I'm going to put out a 15 minute YouTube video, I need to like hold someone's attention for 15 mm. minutes. Otherwise, it's going to be a one minute TikTok. And, <laughs> and I don't know, like I, I just have you felt as though the level of polish that you feel is expected of content or almost required of content has gone up? I, yeah, I think it has. Yeah, it feels like it has changed. I mean, I feel like the pacing has uh, increased. If you look at some mm. of our older videos, uh, especially when we started making more like uh, diorama type things, uh, they were more slow paced and mm -hmm. more like detailed. And But that might also just be a, a result of us finding more our style as well. It could be both. Yeah, yeah it's hard to say, but yeah. I think it's definitely hard to cater to both 
things yeah. like making 50 minutes yeah. of videos that also translate to to a 60 minute TikTok that that for us that hasn't been like we we haven't really been focusing too much on mm. on the shorts and we probably should else we'll yeah. be the <laughs> the old people who right, because it does it does feel world. like <laughs> does yeah. it feel like if you're not doing some kind of short form now at this point you're going to just get left behind like yeah. people are going to just forget about you it's so interesting it's, the way that came out of nowhere but like i haven't put out a youtube video on our channel in like three or four months just because life's been as such and i put out mm. a couple shorts because i was like okay i can i can throw some shorts out yeah. there and then immediately people are being like this isn't a video like we oh, don't want this right. from you, and so it's like, yeah. oh well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's YouTube's fault. They yeah, should yeah. know how to recommend those shorts appropriately. Yeah, and so my, I don't, I don't know why it annoys me so much, but I wish the shorts were in a different tab. Yes, like, it's right. So I hate. Funny. Yes, yeah. It, it, it makes it makes me it makes me die inside because yeah. I put a lot of effort into thumbnails, and when I it's see the silly shorts, it's, yeah. exactly. it's ugly. It's ugly. Yeah, YouTube, it is. fix it. Yes. Uh, so, I'm gonna tell you where it's. I'm sorry, Hansi. Yeah, but uh, that's probably the main reason just, we haven't yeah. uploaded this. It because just annoys me so much. Well, it's, and it's where it's particularly bad. So you know, a lot of people that I get on the show, a lot of people that I get on the show, you know, I'll tell them like, hey, I've been watching your content for years i mean you know they'll be like oh because you don't comment on our stuff i'm like no i watch it on on pretty much everything on the apple tv so mm. i sit there and all my youtube content almost is exclusively consumed on the apple tv so obviously mm. there's no comment but what i hate is you go to you pull up your your home feed on the apple tv and there's shorts it's like yeah. Who's watching shorts on an Apple TV on a fucking fifty-inch TV? Yeah. Now it's got it's all black bars and then a stripe of content right down the middle. <laughs> I was I was thinking about this the other day. Like you you have to flip your TV soon, or, or they're, they're gonna come in. Like they're gonna come in. Uh, what do you call the format? The 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 nine eighteenths uh, or, yeah. or whatever. Oh, you know what they'll do? (laughs) Someone's going to come out with, I'm not even joking, because I'm looking at my, you know, my setup here, because I have two monitors on my desktop here. And I'm thinking at some point, somebody's come up with a secondary TV for your TV. So it's good. You're just going to have another TV sitting next to your TV for watching shorts on YouTube. It's going to be normal for, uh, uh, at least for software engineers to have one, Mm -hmm. one screen that way and one that way. So, so that's better. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to know? This is a really silly observation that I made because I was at my daughter's like a, a school play, and usually when people pull out their phone, or like usually, as in maybe like three years ago, when people would pull out their phone to film, what's the default that you film with? You'd go horizontal. Yeah. Like I'm, mm-hmm. ta- I'm taking a video. I go horizontal. Every single phone in the auditorium when they were taking pictures of their children mm-hmm. was vertical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was mind blown. I don't know if that's the most subtle thing that I noticed, but I like, I noticed it a a little bit at the beginning. I was like, huh, people just whip it out like vertical now. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, I wonder if this will continue. And it did. And I was like, holy smokes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, TikTok. Like, uh. Like seven years ago, you used to get so much hate if you sent someone a video in the virtual oh, world. They were like, why did you record that way? Are you stupid? Yeah, I feel like the people that made TikTok and Reels and all that were like the people that we called stupid. They're like, let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make a new norm. Watch yeah. me. <laughs> did you guys, I mean, uh, it's funny that we're all talking like, because I'm all right, granted, I'm probably, I'm, I think it's safe to say I'm the oldest one in this room. Fine. 
But I mean, I never felt like I'd be like the grandpa yelling, get off my lawn. Like, we were kids. When I was a kid, we used to do videos horizontal. <laughs> but then again, I also think that the way you consume shorts is extremely different from the way you consume mm. YouTube videos. And yes. I don't see those things being like, they don't replace each other. You mm. Maybe you watch TikTok on, you know, the train or the toilet or whatever, but you don't sit down <laughs> in the evening and you're going to turn on the TV and you sit there and yeah. scroll through 50, and sec- 50 seconds of videos. Yeah. Uh, Nobody's watching long-form content on the bowl. What do you say? Nobody's watching long-form content on the bowl. It's TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, this 50-minute 50, 50 DIY castle video. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> got my coffee mug here. I'm ready. It's, but it's kind of, it is kind of cool, though, to see that, you know, something kind of, I mean, as much as I hate the short-form content thing and I hate the portrait thing, what it has done is it's enabled people who didn't really think they could or had the skills to make yeah. real good, polished, long-form content, but it still enables them to be creative and make something, you know, make some kind of video. Yeah, and I think. Well- the editing is in the app as well, which is huge mm-hmm. because the biggest barrier to entry when, when we were first starting to make content was like, I need to learn how to edit video mm-hmm. and it yeah. seems easy. And then it's like, oh, I have to get this software. I have to take this class and stuff. So I do think that yeah. it's great that it's just in the app where if you want to mm-hmm. make a TikTok, if you want to make a reel, you can do basic video editing from your phone. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, I think it's a good thing, actually. I think it's... Um, um, it enables creativity on different levels and you see so much good like humor and good content from those platforms i mean there's a lot of crap as well but but uh, but but it's everything it's yeah so my my favorite my favorite thing in the universe there's a tiktok channel called crazy indian dad by um i think her name is sina seema melwani she is absolutely wonderful her and her husband have this whole shtick where her dad does an exaggerated indian accent Mm. and He's off camera the whole time. So you never see him. You just hear him doing his exaggerated Indian accent. And she's plays the role of an influencer. And, you know, he'll do a video like, dear, the influencer is eating her breakfast. And it's like, and you'll see her look up and he'll just say something hysterical. And it's like, that wouldn't work on YouTube, right? Because you can't watch 20 minutes of that, but you could watch like 60 seconds of that, have a real Mm. good laugh, swipe up and move on with your day. And I think... You know, that might be just where everything goes. I wonder how that's going to start affecting things. Because, like, you guys are listener-supported, viewer-supported, I should say, and sponsored. I'm wondering what's going to happen down the road for people that try to make a living doing this. You know, you'll have your partnerships where things will get inserted in or they'll do, like, you know, paid promotional stuff. But it's not the same thing where you put out a video, like you guys work with Squarespace, right? You put out a video for Squarespace this week, Mm. put out a video for Squarespace next week, you put out a video for Squarespace the week after. But what's going to happen on TikTok? It's like, oh, I put out 60 seconds for Squarespace. And um, (laughs) yeah, that's it. (laughs) We're done. Yeah. And also nobody's going to, I don't think it's going to result in um, anything for Squarespace because mm, who yeah. you can just yeah. scroll, you know. Yeah, gonna... you can't do you can't do an insert, right? Because you only have sixty seconds. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? You can do an ad insert. Uh, you're gonna do a ten second ad insert on a sixty second. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there's a whole. I think there's a whole discussion around. I think Hank Green, if you know know him, he has a, mm-hmm. a lot of content about like the monetization structure of mm. TikTok, how bad it is, and 
why it's basically not scalable for creators. You could get million and millions and millions and millions of views and, and basically not earn anything. Mm. Whereas yeah. on YouTube, <laughs> you, you would earn a lot more, but still not much on YouTube by shorts. Uh, yeah. So so everyone is kind of funneling their TikTok like account into their YouTube. Like, go check out my YouTube because mm. that's where you monetize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's refreshing to hear that you guys still value that like long form content and being excellent at it because it's like I said, the, the the content creation landscape has just changed so much. It feels and it just feels like it's so much garbage to be honest. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot that's great too, but. Yeah, it's interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how it continues to grow and change. With um, the with the stage that you guys are at with your channel now, like where it is, you know, the content you're putting out, there is there anything that you feel like you want to? Because now you're in this new space, right? So I imagine one of the things, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine one of the things is you move into the space. Like I want to, we want to do some bigger projects. <laughs> um, but is there anything that you want to? Did you see the channel? evolving into see yourself doing that you haven't done before like is it bigger projects is it stuff that you've never tried to tackle like and where do you see the channel in let's say five years like do you see it where it is now or do you see another like pivot the way you did when you changed over to being the nerd forge it's very hard to know. Yeah, we're going to change channel name yeah. next week. There goes all my SEO. We're, we're awesome. going back to Natural Nerd, actually. Was... <laughs> Natural's so hot right now. I was going to say, it's all organic. <laughs> organic nerd. Lots, lots, of, lots of green tea and stuff. <laughs> Just self-grown polyethylene bricks. <laughs> Actually, we, you might be onto something here. Anyway, what was the original, what was the original question? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think you all have already seen like that change happen a little bit because we have done things that would never be possible mm. in the basement. Like the last couple of dioramas we made, the big ones, oh they my, wouldn't yeah. fit through the door. I don't think yeah. even the castle diorama would fit on the workbench and not touch no, the ceiling. I don't think so. So that's already happened in mm. a way. And I don't know if we can say too much about where we're going because we don't know mm. that mm -hmm. well ourselves. We Do you have like a feeling, like a feeling, or is it just like yeah, wherever it takes us? <laughs> um, it's, it's hard a hard. It's hard to know. Yeah, because yeah. like five years ago, we would never expect to be here. So it's very mm -hmm. hard to think where we're gonna be five years from now as well. Because it's like uh, the road goes where where it takes us. Suddenly, a good idea <laughs> comes in, like from the left yeah. in the shower, and then suddenly that is like um, a great video idea that takes yeah. the channel in a different direction. So I don't know. The things happen, but mm. but for now, we're really happy with where we are and where where we can explore this kind of realm fantasy world mm. sci-fi maybe more yeah um we did a pc building project once i think that's something we really want to try to that do was more awesome. of because oh, yeah. that that's was really awesome fun pc <laughs> that's like one of the rare opportunities where you have um the possibility to make something fantasy or something stylized mm. stylized at least that also isn't occupying that much more space uh, yeah. than it is in um normal style yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's something i think we want to try to do more of yeah it it's it's fun it, it is fun watching you guys do so i i'm not a bookbinder myself but i watched a lot of c lemons videos because i mm. feel like jennifer bates is like the king of the the king the queen <laughs> of of like bookbinding mm. i don't know that anyone does it 
like better than her. She does all these wacky styles of stuff. So when you started, when you guys started doing bookbinding on your channel, I'm like, okay, like what are they going to bring to the table? Oh, epic elemental tomes. That's what they're bringing to it. <laughs> and your bookbinding videos, and I, I see like the reaction to them. People are just like, oh my God. Like, is there anything that you've done where it just took off? Like, I, I know that people love your bookbinding mm. stuff. Um, obviously, people love cosplay in general, but your cosplay, the, the whole suit of armor you made was pretty damn insane, especially when mm. you walked into the supermarket. <laughs> in it. But is there anything you've made where you're like, let's see what people think of this. And then it's like, holy crap, they really like this. Like, is there anything that caught you by surprise that it took off the way it did? Yeah, the Bob that, Ross painting on the van. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's true. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was like a, a random idea uh, that just came in from the left. And we were like, okay, we have no idea if this is going to be a good video at all. But it mm -hmm. sounded like a fun thing to do. Uh, and we hadn't seen uh like a, a traditional type painting on a van so we were like okay how the heck are we gonna do this let's just let's try to figure it out um, and it's i think it's hands down our most viewed video if you count facebook views i think yeah. there's it's like over 50 60 million views yeah and um that's yeah kind of crazy yeah. <laughs> i wonder if people went into that video thinking you know because a lot of times you'll see the title like we did a bob ross painting on our van and mm. it's like really you just put a skin on it or something like that right mm. i wonder if people went in going they're not going to really do this right and then you <laughs> did it and i remember there was one video or it was either a video or you did it on your stories where you guys there was the question of the question was i think you didn't ask me anything on your instagram mm. stories and somebody said hey how's the van holding up lol and one of i think it was i think it was both of you went out and it's like just fine and yeah. you panned around it's like it's still on like yeah this is a real thing yeah. we're doing this does that look, get like luckily our neighbor because we we didn't have any idea but our neighbor is uh, really good with cars and he yeah. does like spray ah. lacquering so i just asked like we're gonna paint with acrylics on a car how do we preserve it <laughs> yeah and he's like oh down the road here there's actually a car painting store who mm -hmm. sells two component polyurethane a lacquer but on spray cans which yeah. are usually only available if you have like this heavy duty airbrush thing that you use for cars mm -hmm. but they actually make it for spray cans so i was like okay we're gonna grab that and yeah it's yeah, been holding it's, up great and everybody yeah. thinks it's gone yeah. but it's still there it's still there still in perfect shape I like how you have to send signs of life every once in a while to show that, like, <laughs> it's like it's like hold up a newspaper with the date, so we know that the van is still in one piece. You know, <laughs> it's also pretty funny because since um, since Martina is in front of the camera, you and I read a lot of the comments. You kind of get to see a lot of the prejudices people have mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. see like uh, a female painter with colored hair <laughs> trying to paint on a van there's a lot of car knowing dudes out oh, there yeah. who thinks, yeah, martina knows nothing oh. about anything you know and that's always fun to read <laughs> there is a there is a certain I, I i always called it i always called it and i think brooke and martina you can both appreciate mm -hmm. this but i think i always called it the hot chick bias it's mm. like when a hot <laughs> chick does something it's like there's no way in hell they're really doing that no. there must be a guy doing it for them here's, and then they're just filming here's the way that i always say this um i think that if i do something in the shop that isn't like quote-unquote proper or like if my safety gear is not just so mm. there's an assumption from viewers typically men but anyone does it that oh she must not know mm. um, yeah. versus like my husband's on camera as well and if he does something 
people are just like, wow, love your rogue style in the shop. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think, I think that that's where I see that come in is, is I think there's an assumption that I didn't, I don't have a phone and I didn't Google something like, or that I just didn't know. Yeah. 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 I don't don't know what your perspective is, but, but but if um, like you, you're doing something you've done for a long time and then you get DMs like, yeah, by the way, if you do this that way, then, (laughs) and it's like the most rudimentary tip that you probably learned the first 15 minutes you you did something, you get those like tips in the ends yeah. that's, that's really like oh it's so condescending yeah a, a, hel- a helpful hint yeah yes i've gotten to the point i've gotten to the point where i don't offer help unless somebody asks anymore because mm. you know i you know even if because i'm just gonna say i've done that but not intentionally it's i'm trying to be helpful i see my mm. friend i saw one of my friends um lindsay lindsay murphy lindsay creative um she was doing she was doing something and i i said you know she was sawing something a piece of copper with a jeweler saw and if you ever used a jeweler saw you know that the only people who don't break blades on a jewelry saw are the people that don't use a jewelry saw so you know <laughs> she broke she broke the blade and it was you know she was it was clearly binding like crazy and i'm like hey i i just keep a block of beeswax and then i i actually said right after that i'm like why did i tell you to put beeswax near? like who the hell doesn't put beeswax near it like my instinct like in my instinct to be helpful yeah. it was actually like the the, like you said, the, it was such a rudimentary comment. It's like, of course she has beeswax there. Like, otherwise she would have broke 60 blades in five seconds. Like, you just can't. But, you know, there are, the there are malicious people. Beeswax we should have used. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh man. Who <laughs> <laughs> would have sunk it? I have no blades left and I have this block of wax. I could have put them together. It would have saved me so much. But, oh, man, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting because I think of it you know, as part of it's like just people being like douchebags, like, and I'm sure there's like a very large contingent in the douchebag crowd. I then think- I think of like, I've almost done it. And I'm like, nope, it, some people just yes. absent minded, like, hey, I, let me help you. So I now think, I have to. I think you're right. And yeah. I also I think people don't recognize that when they're watching a 25 minute video, you're actually watching like maybe a three or four week process mm, and that yeah. you have thought about things a lot more mm. than they have. But, but, yeah. but they have only been involved with this project for the last nine minutes yeah. so they're just <laughs> on the top of their head you know <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that it's it's meant to be helpful uh, and it's meant to be nice but uh, but we have been thinking about it i, I promise <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's not like it's not like how we don't appreciate good t- like hmm. the beeswax tips is actually really good yeah like er- unironically we we probably would have benefited yes. from that tip but but there, but there are there are <laughs> There are certain things that are just so fundamental yeah. that, you know, yeah. come on, that's just meant to be condescending. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of, you can kind of tell the vibe too. It's like, you know, <laughs> and it's like, okay, if any comment starts with, you know, and offers a tip, it's condescending. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody ever starts a helpful comment with, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny when we make dioramas. It's like, oh, by the way, you should check out this guy on YouTube called Luke Tawan. Oh. It's like, oh, you mean the biggest diorama guy on YouTube <laughs> that we have never heard about before since we just wor- have worked with this the last like, three, four years? <laughs> it's, it's that, is, that is funny, though, because like, you know, and but but here's the funny thing, right? So for all you know, the guy that left that comment probably just discovered them also because yeah. oh, I've yeah. mentioned people like we've mentioned people on this channel that I've discovered. 
it's like, oh yeah, I've been watching them for years. Like I've had, I've invited guests on back in the back in the days, you know, because we've been around for three years now. But <laughs> back in the days, I would invite a guest on and be like, oh, this is good. Like we're going to expose this pe- this person to a whole new audience, and I'd have them on, and I'd get I get messages like, we love that, we love their work, they're so awesome. It's like, oh damn, like, <laughs> somebody new here. <laughs> the algorithm's so. potent. Yeah, it is potent and <laughs> potent, omnipotent and yeah. powerful. <laughs> is there is there um anything in the works right now that like you're very excited about? Like you you don't have to give it away necessarily. I mean, you could tease it. We we love teasers, but is there anything that you're like that's coming that you're just like we can't wait to get this video out? I think um, I mentioned the PC thing. Yeah. I think we have something in the works there that yeah. I, hopefully it's so in the bit starter that oh, yeah. I don't know if it's going to work out. It's but, just in the planning phase. But if it does, I think it's going to be really cool. Yes. So, so I'm looking forward to that. <gasps> Me too. Me too. You guys don't. I, I just I just realized something because David Picciuto this week. I don't know if you guys watch his stuff. Um, I think pretty much everyone that listens to this does but he does um he does a lot of woodworking he does woodworking videos basically he did a video this week and i just watched it one of the reasons i was a little bit late to my computer is i was finishing up that video um he did a video this week where he had just fail after fail after fail after fail mm. and it, it, he he actually he did something really funny like at the end he tallied up all what the fails cost him and it ended up being like <laughs> oh. 505 dollars worth of failures on this oh. project that mm. was kind of a throwaway project and he for the first time ever he punched out on the project so two questions um one i noticed you guys never put your like fails in your videos like you you don't really do that and that's interesting to me because there's kind of two like mindsets about that and number two um you know let's just go with that one for now like is there is is it a conscious decision that you don't want to show them or is it just like they're just uh, it's such a long <laughs> process you figure you don't need to or i think we try to be I think we try to always show them. So, yeah. so, so that's if there are we cover them really well then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, but we do have a lot of failures. Mm. I don't think they. But none catastrophic, right? Like you don't, you no, don't have like what, like what's a catastrophic failure in the diorama making world? It's like you you, you, you <laughs> drop point. it on the floor. <laughs> like, like if you break a tree or you break, it's like you do failures all the time, but yeah. it's usually minor. And in the woodworking mm-hmm. world, you're you're working with wood and maybe resin and on a large scale, which mm. has a, a big chance of the wood cracking. It's going to be devastating for the for the project, yeah. basically. But I don't think we work on projects that are so easily broken, kind yeah. of. Yeah, I Fair think enough. one of the, like, I guess one of the most recent fails we had <laughs> where we made this uh, giant diorama where we're going to um, make this epoxy like, and I hadn't made it tight enough, like uh, properly watertight or epoxy tight mm-hmm. so we just had epoxy all over the floor I in the basement remember. and the desk okay. and everything um uh, so that was you know a, a fail that could happen with a diorama which was not very fun to clean up <laughs> but, uh we included that in the video and i think like when we when we ha- have mistakes like that we try to show them because like you- it's it's i i guess demotivating to see someone always just 
never making mistakes. Yeah. That's not an it, it is. It is. Do you have you had any projects? I remember the second part of the question. Do you have pro, have you ever punched out on a project where it's just like I'm not doing this like this is just this is cursed and let's <laughs> burn it in a fire and call it a day. Like is there anything that you just punched out on and said I'm not doing this anymore. This is done. I think it was really close with the with the castle. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it was we were too committed. But yeah. Wow. It was very tiring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, and like the first, say, 5,000 bricks gluing them was fine. <laughs> um, but it gets to the point where it becomes very boring. Yeah. Uh, and just uh, like it, it was just exhausting. It was just you know? repetitive, not, yeah. not that fun. I mean, it's always fun to see the result. But, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But four days, 12 hours a day, just gluing bricks, it's gonna, it's it's like, okay, this is this is factory yeah. work at this point. Well, I've yeah. always wondered because the, the level of detail, that you, especially when you do dioramas, the level of detail that you put in them, I always wonder, like, how do you maintain your focus for mm -hmm. that long? Because I know that, I mean, obviously we get an idea of how long it takes because you got your spinning clock and your time lapse, which by the way, whoever thought of that, genius, because now we understand we that this- that. We stole that from Wintergatan, uh, <laughs> yes, you know him? absolutely yeah. genius, because you really do get an idea that, oh, Martin is like, in the, in the, um, in the, Post-apocalyptic city video, perfect mm. example. You know, you're just taping up boxes to make the structures for the building. Yeah. That took hours. Yeah, like <laughs> think I wouldn't think that would take hours, but it took hours. Take, uh, Twenty minutes or something. But, mm. but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah. I uh, forgot but, my question. <laughs> yeah, the question was if we actually failed or or just abandoned mm. any project. Um, yeah. Uh, not because of technical difficulties, but we did abandon like the laser gun project yes. is a three-part project that only has two parts on our channel. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, uh, I don't know, it, it didn't perform very well. It was not that fun to work on. And I just had no motivation to really wrap it up. You know, it was just, I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Gun, but you're, you're just going to stay in the basement forever alone. <laughs> That was its destiny. Yeah. <laughs> and the last thing I wanted to ask, since you have such a wide variety of work, what do you, what is your, what's your favorite project of all the ones you've done? The one where you just go, this is our best work. Yeah. I love oh, that question. I think... Honestly, I could probably think of a few that I have as a favorite, but I'm just curious to see what yours is. <laughs> I think, I think for me, it would be the armor. Uh, that's mm. the, one of the most fun things I think uh, that I've liked working on because it was just it was so fun to have it on in the end and I enjoy, really enjoy working with leather it's such a pleasant like material and the whole process from going from making a paper armor to like actually having it in leather that looks like metal was just amazing and also it was like the first time I tried sewing something properly so uh, yeah, I had to try new things as well. So I think that's one of my my favorites. I think um, that's a good one. It was mm. really fun to make. But I think in terms of technical like grandness and just being cool, I think the post-apocalyptic diorama mm. is definitely our best work when it comes to at least miniature things. Yeah, it's just so detailed and it looks so good when you compare it to the wallpaper mm. we based it off. 
So yeah, I was so happy with the result there, and I think yeah. everything just pulled together so neatly. So I think I'd have to say that one. Yeah, I, that one that just by the way, I just want to tell you, you guys blow my mind a lot, but that one particularly blew my mind because of how many times I thought you were done, and I knew it was a twenty-four minute, a twenty-seven minute video. So I'm like. <laughs> Okay, there's more coming. I don't know what else they're gonna do here. <laughs> and you know, what did, you did um you did um a diorama of from I think it was from Fallout of the subway and the train station yeah, and you from did Metro. Yeah. 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 PUBG mobile. Yeah. Yes. Oh that's what it was PUBG. <laughs> and I, yeah. rem- I I'm just I couldn't believe like at every stage, it was the same thing at every stage. It was like, ah, oh, there's nothing else they could do here. And it's like, no, watch now we're going to do Now we're going to do a brown wash over everything. So, oh, okay, well that makes sense. They're like, okay, now we're going to start adding the details. I'm like, wait, I thought we just added the details. What are you, ta- what are you doing? This is what? And I think that's you know, one of the most fun things about dioramas though. Like when you can start putting out all the grass and all the dirt and all the, every little thing you can put in all the nooks and crannies. Oh, it's the best. You have moments, you have moments where you have to consciously tell yourself, because I imagine I know how detail oriented you are. Do you have moments where you have to tell yourself like, okay, enough. I yeah. have to stop. Oh, yeah. Otherwise I could just micro, I could start making right. curtains for the windows in the <laughs> post-apocalyptic city. Like at the end of the post, both the castle and the post-apocalyptic city. I feel that that's all I tell Martina. <laughs> we have to stop. We have to stop. We have to get done. We have to finish. It's Take shortcuts, more shortcuts, less beams. Come on. We have to do this process up. Cut the details. <laughs> it's like a constant thing when we make this. It's like, where can we remove things? What's good though? But what's good though is your details, your details are what makes your work. You know, if you're gonna make an entertainment channel, there needs to be a big wow factor. Mm. And your wow factor comes from the insane amount of detail that you put on and how I realistic, think, like with a macro lens, this looks like the real world. <laughs> I, I th- may, maybe you're right there, but but also I don't think we're in the top tier when it comes to making detailed things like that. There are because True. we we are like jack of all trades mm. we do everything we're not mm-hmm. masters of dioramas by no. any means and if you look at guys like um uh, studson studio for instance mm. i don't know if you've seen his house moving castle oh, trash build incredible. it's just the most mind-blowing thing i have ever like seen <laughs> yeah. someone make from yeah you should check it out it's, yeah. it's like 10 million views it's amazing but to your point about what you want to do with your channel i think you guys actually have an advantage because i wouldn't watch and that's not to say he doesn't do great work right but i probably wouldn't watch that channel because it's like i'm not interested enough in dioramas and miniatures to watch i mean i'll probably check out a video just to see what the work maybe looks but like. he's a really entertaining guy as well so <laughs> that's Fair enough. Maybe I will check them out. <laughs> but <laughs> but you guys, like, I know if I watch your channel, it's like it's like a grab bag of goodies. Like, oh, I could get a, a cast metal book this week, and then next week get daggers, and then Martina's going to go grocery shopping in leather silver armor. I mean, you, know, you, you just never know what you're going to get yeah. with you guys. And Thanks yeah. for saying that. That's actually, I think, mm-hmm. without having our audience accepting that, I don't think we'd be making videos you, because oh. we can't focus for on one thing for, for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you worry? Because, I mean, the, the advice has always been niche down, niche down, niche mm. down. I'm starting to see where people are like, yeah, I'm just going to do what I want. Screw it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like, do you guys, how do you feel about the people that tell you in order to be successful on YouTube, you have to niche down versus what you guys clearly are doing, which is nowhere near niching down? Mm. I think, 
as we spoke about earlier and as, uh, as Brooke briefly took up, that the algorithm has kind of changed a bit there and you're mm -hmm. more free to do random things as long as mm -hmm. the video concept is interesting in itself. Yeah. And you have this graph on YouTube now uh, where you can see who are new videos. Like you have two graphs. Uh, one graph shows your regular returning viewers and the other one shows people who have never watched your videos before. And that's quite interesting because it's different from subscriber, non-subscriber, but here are a graph of people that are actually new to your channel and have never mm -hmm. watched a video of you before. So you can kind of see if a video reaches a new audience or not, like whether you are targeting an entirely new branch of YouTube like sphere, mm -hmm. which you notice when you do things like computer building, combine that with diorama. And I think that's kind of funny because you can see that you can hit new fields where when you kind of branch out, but still in core remain in the same realm. Mm. So we have this overarching fantasy theme at, at the moment, at yeah. least. Uh, and when we do PC builds or armor builds or mi miniatures or paintings, like everything kind of fits within that niche still, yeah. even though the building techniques are different and the actual builds are very different. So so I'm, I'm not sure we have kind of abandoned the niche. Mm. If we started to make sports videos, <laughs> then, you know, it's, I don't think we'd get a lot of views. <laughs> well, we are actually at an hour and eight. I can't believe how fast this went. I was so, oh, wow. like I said, I was so nervous <laughs> to have you guys on because I've, I've had, I've been very, very lucky on this podcast. I've gotten to talk to the people that have inspired me and the people whose work I've loved for a long time. And I've gotten to do that with a lot of people. And some of them, I just made a co-host and, Hi. I, <laughs> but it's just, it's, you guys have always just been one of those channels that I just love watching. I, I look forward to your videos and having you on was truly, I actually told a friend of mine before I started, I was like, it's nerd forge week. And they're like, finally, I'm like, all right, <laughs> calm down there, buddy. But, um, you know, I I said I was legitimately, you know, legitimately nervous to have you guys on. I'm really, really glad that we got to chat this week. Um, yeah. What are we going to do? Let's do some things of the week, actually. Yeah. I almost forgot oh. to do things of the week. Yeah. I'm so like <laughs> excited to be talking to you guys. I forgot the format yeah. of the show. <laughs> we always have the, we always have the guests start. So why mm -hmm. don't you guys go for it? We okay. went real boring for this. We, uh, actually. Well, uh, there's, there's, we, we've had everything for things of the week. So there's no such thing. Okay. So it's it's a fairly like basic thing. But it has been uh, not life changing, but it's it's been a good thing. Um, so for the longest time, like when we started making things, we bought these like dollar store exacto knives, right? The okay. super basic, super cheap uh, things that just go dull yeah, after hobby two uses. hobby store exacto blades, yeah. basically the cheap <laughs> thing you find. Yeah. Uh, and they go dull immediately. You have to throw it away because you can't buy replacement blades for some reason, and so you have to get new ones. But a couple of months ago, we got this, like an actual scalpel that you can buy replacement <laughs> blades for. With surgical really? blades. With surgical blades. And it's been so much better. Like, I didn't think that just buying a proper scalpel, like, why, why, what's the point? Like, it's expensive. It doesn't make sense. But it's been so nice to use. And we use it for, you know, every project we and, need a scalpel. And turns out it's not expensive either no. because you can buy 100 blades for nothing, basically. Yeah. 
and they are much better, much sharper, yeah. and a million uh, times nicer. Yeah, just <laughs> and, it, they're, it, and they're more rigid. Perfect. They're more rigid than Exacto blades. I've yeah. broken the tip off a million Exacto blades at this yeah. point. So yep. that's a good idea. They are things. Yeah. yeah, it is. And when you make a lot of stuff, it seems like such a basic, silly thing, but <laughs> but it really yeah. makes a difference when you're making things to just have a, a knife that works the way it's supposed to. Yeah, it's very nice. And like a nice one. I had uh, gotten a nice caliper at one point, mm. and, just, and I was like, why did I not do this before? Because <laughs> 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 I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's, that's actually a good one. I actually did... Um, I have a set of I have all the picks because I do a lot of vinyl stuff. So I have I have the set of picks from Cricut. I mm. have a set of picks from Tecton, and you know what ended up being the best picks? The dental picks. Yeah, like dental oh. picks are so much better, so much more available, so much more rigid. They have such a sharp point on them. It's like oh, I oh. should just I should just have I should just have them more. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> we, we we fell out a little bit. Yes. <laughs> picks i'm out of here <laughs> cool but yeah scalpel scalpel's a good one i never thought you know it's funny i never thought to buy one for crafting now i'm thinking like because i use i also use another medical thing you can use for crafting hemostats are wonderful they're basically locking like scissor pliers um they look like they look like tweezers oh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people call them forceps they're not forceps they're hemostats and i get really triggered when people do that but, <laughs> but they're they're hemostats i i have about 50 of them i keep like 20 in here with my jewelry stuff and i keep another bunch of them at my oh, wood wow. shop and they're so useful you don't realize how useful they are until you need to just clamp a tiny little thing together they're oh, excellent that be good for dioramas though they're like awesome the only thing is the only thing you have to be really careful is that there's no in between so it's like they click they ratchet shut so oh. and there's there's the there's no so you probably have to put like vinyl or something on the jaws because the jaws are serrated mm. and oh, okay. you make a mess of foam with that but they're awesome i use them for clamping bracelets when i'm making bracelets with beads because it's just oh. a great way to put something on the end and let the beads fall onto that and not fall off the string while i'm stringing stuff so oh, that's, that's that looks like tip. a nice tool yeah, yeah. it's so. awesome and they're cheap like you buy a set of 10 of them on amazon for like 20 bucks it's fantastic Ooh, nice. So yeah, it's cool. Scalpels. That's not a boring one. That's a really good idea. With surgical blades, yes. With surgical blades. <laughs> yes. We're gonna um I have a feeling I have a feeling I'm gonna try to get them on Amazon. And because of the massive scope of this show and the huge audience, I'm not gonna be able to get them anywhere now. But, you know. <laughs> no. but yeah, that's a good one. Um okay. I'll I'll find appropriate ones on Amazon and I'll put that link in the show notes for you. Ms. Nice. Deneau, your thing of the week. Yes, yes, yes. I was sitting here tempted to just think of the most mundane, boring thing of the week, like like on off the cuff and be like wood glue, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but my actual thing of the week that had prepped is um, we have a new CNC machine and it's the Ooh. Penguin CNC Baby Bluebird. So we, if you're familiar, if your listeners are familiar with our shop, we have a humongous king penguin penguin cnc that we use for like planing slabs and things like that and um we have cycled through so many little cncs starting with like an x carve which like i love my egg i no, i don't like my x carve <laughs> but <laughs> you know it is 
is what it is. That's what I'll say about that machine. It, it does, it does stuff. It has a mind of its own and that's cool. But, um, the, the, the baby bluebird CNC that we have, um, it's like a mini version of our huge one. And this thing is so sturdy and rigid and holds mm. it square. It's the same size. So I want to say, let me just look up the specs here. So like 33 by 33 ish. I want to say like three one. feet by three feet. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. And um, we, we have it, we've been slowly working on getting it up and running and so far it's awesome. It's just so sturdy and like the price points great. I feel like I'm being a commercial right here. <laughs> 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 yeah. But it's like for 2,900 bucks, I'm like blown away wow. by, by like how phenomenal the machine is. That's what yeah. my shape Oko cost. Yeah. I was um, I'm all in after I bought all the accessories. It was like twenty seven hundred. So yeah, and and yeah, and, and yeah. It's just it's just refreshing to see that it like holds it square and stuff. Yeah, because that's the most annoying thing in the world is you cutting something and all of a sudden it's crooked. I actually had a cutting board that I made where the juice groove went on the bed wasn't it wasn't level it wasn't trimmed enough. I thought it was perfectly fine, mm -hmm. didn't realize it. So now I have an angled juice groove, which actually oh. ended up brilliant, but accidentally. Yeah, we, I've had I've had more sign jobs with my X carve where it's like going good, it's going good, and then it randomly just decides to like gouge through the middle for fun, yep. for oh, just, for, really. just just for fun. There's a there's got to be a glitch in the G code that um that um it makes only because all it's not doing is not lifting up after the last operation. I've had it just start cutting shapes. Like I don't even <laughs> maybe maybe ours is possessed, but this is extra possessed. Like, the regular ones are just standard level possessed. It's just it's just it's a full show when I run something on the X carve. It's like what's it gonna do? We don't really know. We never really know. And whenever it does a job well and like what it's supposed to do, it's like. Good job. Are you sure in the future it's like an arc generator, maybe? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe I just have it pegged as a machine. It's not. It was never intended. As... <laughs> it's, just, it's just Andy Warhol. Yes. It's just Andy Warhol. It's abstract. Or Jackson Pollock would be better. Damn it. Ruin that joke. Um, Cool. Penguin CNC. I, 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 still under, I still understood the joke, Vincent. I still got Good. it. Good. <laughs> as long as the joke gets out, that's all that matters. It's the, it's the spirit of the joke the that matters. The spirit of the joke. The spirit of the joke landed. <laughs> My thing of the week is a video, um, which is rare for me. It's you lately. It's been nothing but TV shows. You would think I do nothing but watch TV. Um, my, my thing of the week this week is actually a video from, um, good friend of the show, um, uh, Morley Kurt, um, Morley of course hosts the clamp podcast, which is, um, I like to call our spiritual sister. We love that podcast. Um, <laughs> they're good people over there. And Morley is Morley's been just banging away at the videos lately, like just crushing, making videos. Like they're just really, I don't know. I think he just, got it up his butt that he was just going to up his game 50 levels and start making like killer content, like super killer content. And he did a video. Um, he dropped a video today where he did uh, tool holders, how to model tool holders in fusion 360. And okay. Up front, I'm just going to say it's not a complex video where you're going to go, I know everything about Fusion 360. But what it does, and this is what I love about videos like this, I always feel like with Fusion 360, the hardest thing to do is to open up, open it up and actually just get started doing stuff. And Morley's video takes you from, here are the tools that I want to make holders for, to the process of 
And he starts right off with parameters, which is something that most people never even touch in Fusion 360. And then he goes through the whole modeling and then the assembly phase and the use phase. It's a really good video. And if you want to get started with Fusion 360, it's a simple enough project where you can probably bang these a bunch of these out in an afternoon. In fact, I have something similar that I made for my Leatherman when I lived in my old place because I used to keep it hanging near my jewelry workstation. And it was just easier to keep it there rather than keep it in a drawer. So it was fun seeing him do it. I'm like, yep, that's that's perfect. That's, it's just really good. It's a very simple project. It's approachable. And it's something that if you have a 3D printer and you want to learn how to start making your own stuff rather than getting them from Thingiverse or Thangs or one of the other sites that are out there, this is the kind of video you need to watch. So it's called Fast and Easy 3D Printed Tool Holders. Um, as we record this, it just dropped an hour ago, which is kind of impressive. I didn't realize it was that new. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a really good video, really well done. And um, you should definitely check it out if Fusion 360 is something you want to learn because this will show you it's not really that hard. Um, you know what else isn't that hard, Brooke? <laughs> what? Getting money out of our listeners, and we do it really well, <laughs> including... What, what a transition. That could have gone so many different directions. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> including Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLL Woodworks and DIY, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplan. Jacob Angiano from Maker Cuisine, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Daddy Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, who sent me, oh my God, if anyone listens to this show, you guys know how much I love Knight Rider. He sent me like one of those put together, those glue together car models of kit. And that's going to be the next thing I do. And I might just time lapse me building this thing. It's awesome. Anyway, um, <laughs> Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from Make with Jake, Big Al Schultz of New York Woodworks, who just hit 2,500 on Instagram. Congratulations. Justin Olfler of Bear Maked, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, Adam Mackey, Maker Mackey, and the aforementioned Clamp Podcast. Kim and Garrett, Andrew Richard from Andrew Richard Makes, Kellen Hazlip of Kellen Makes, David from Southern Style DIY, Jeff, the Weekend DIYer, Sean Warworth from the Proper Tools Podcast, Chris Raley of Route 9 Signs, Henry Davis of HG1 Metalworks, and of course, Austin Saunders, the High Caliber Craftsman. We thank these people very much for their financial support of the show. If you can't support the show financially, feel free to leave a review, share the show, get other people to watch it, because everything that you do that makes us look more legit gets more people to listen, and it gets guests of the caliber of NerdForge, who's on my screen right now, and I still am fanboy. I'm just going to openly fanboy now because we're almost done with the show, so I can openly fanboy. But Vincent's been holding it together so well. I, we we are Vincent and I are pretty good friends at this point. I know I'm pretty good, and like no chill on this one. Like no, out the window, out the window. Today, I have. I, I totally don't have. By the way, I yeah. totally don't have a screenshot like, of the notification from Instagram when you guys started following me. I want to make I want to make it clear, guys. Like we've had Netflix stars on. Like we've had some like really cool people on, and he's so excited about you guys. Oh my God, I'm turning so red I'm right honored. now, but I can't. That's so nice. I can't help it. But seriously, though, you guys, you guys are always you're always entertaining. You're you're the nicest people. Like you're just you're approachable. You're kind, and the content that you make is just killer. And I'm so it's been so nice watching you guys grow and 
succeed. And, you know, we always wonder, like, why does it always happen to the not nice people? But sometimes it actually does happen to the not, the nice people. And it's really good seeing you guys take off the way you have. And I hope for nothing but the best for you guys going forward. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. The not That's nice people kind of are smarter than going into fantasy crafts. For- <laughs> <laughs> that may very well be true. And they're, sh- and they're shooting vertically, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are any of you but, going to Maker Central, by the way? No. Uh, so, yeah, no, I would love to, but probably not. It's harder yeah. for you guys. Yeah. It's yeah. harder for us because we're, yeah, we're in Boston, but also we can't really travel that much right now. So, mm. yeah, it's, yeah. And it's far, yeah. much further. Like for us, it's only an hour or two. Yeah. 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 Yeah, maybe we were, at some point. <laughs> yeah, we we were planning on going um like 2021, 2020, whatever. Mm. But that all got derailed. So. But I guess yeah. the US also has a lot of like this is the only thing that I know in the EU yeah. like the only we don't have maker fairs that much and yeah. other kind of maker <laughs> festival things. So yeah. yeah. Well, if you guys ever want to come to an American event, <laughs> maker <laughs> maker camp happens in October in upstate mm-hmm. New York. And it's like the leaves are all changing. It's like apple cider and campfire vibes. So that's my official recommendation of maker events. If you, I will check it out. Imagine. Uh, it's called Catskill Ma- Maker Camp. Catskill yeah. Maker Camp. Can okay. you imagine how little chill I'd have if I met these two in person? <laughs> it would just be awkward beyond awkward. I don't even think I would be able. I'd have to say it's I can't okay. go <laughs> because I would, it would be too it's embarrassing. Okay. It's okay, Vincent. I would. I would personally. I would personally like babysit you. It's fine. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I'd have to. Like, I'd be. Cl- Brooke would have like fingernail scratches like, in her hand. Like, like, are, you, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Um, now that I'm done fanboying, I think we're going to close it out with complete like, embarrassment. And cut! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Um, we will have, of course, we're going to have their links in the show notes so you guys can go find their content. If you're not already watching, I really don't know what you're doing with your YouTube time. These guys, They are some of the best people and definitely one of my favorite all-time YouTube channels, so you should definitely check them out. <laughs> we will be back again. <laughs> we will be back again next week. We do have a, an interesting guest. It's a little out of character for us, but it's going to be fun. So we'll uh, we'll figure it out then, right, Brooke? Yeah. All right, and we'll see you then. Have a good week, everybody. Bye, everyone. 